Pablo Picasso once stated, We all know that art is not truth. Art is a lie that makes us realise truth. From painting and poetry to symphonies and sculpture, the arts bring beauty and illumination to some, confusion and frustration to others. But what is art? The idea of a work of art, created by an artist, did not truly exist before the Renaissance. And what value do the arts still have? Do they still make us realise the truth, or are they increasingly rarefied and obsolete in this digital, disposable age? With me to discuss the wide spectrum of the arts are Stephen Merchant, graduate of the University of Warwick and award-winning writer. Thank you so much for having me. And Carl Pilkington, a man with no qualifications, very little education, but who is now known the world over as a man with a head like a fucking orange. Alright. Well, I suppose if I can pick up on something from your introduction, Ricky, mm. um, you, you pose the question, in a sense, what is art? Um, it's a very broad term. It's a very difficult one as well. Um, I think the earliest people to ponder it were the, were the Greeks, and I think they thought that art was, and its point, was to try and emulate as close as possible the beauty of nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they knew art was a sort of, you know, a quest for beauty, and uh, I suppose they thought nature was pretty perfect in its aesthetic. And so the point of uh, an artist was to try and tap into that. Um, well, let me throw that question over to uh, Carl Pilkington. Uh, what, what do you want to know? Well, we were just trying to uh, clarify what art is. Ricky's just referring back to the Greeks. Uh, it's just something for your eyes to look at. Right, it's, right. it's just a change from the norm, isn't it? Um, mm. I mean, that's why I think most people have it. But then, the problem is, I'd, I'd never buy a piece of art. I don't see the point in buying something, because I know that my eyes will get bored of it eventually. Right. So it's better to keep it in a museum like a lot of places, you know, a lot of museums keep the stuff, they rotate it, because people get sick of looking at it. They shift the art around, don't they? People go, I'm sick of that now. They move it around the world, let someone else's eyes look at it. Well, uh, that, that's more to get everyone the chance to see it, as opposed to the people who looked at it once and now sick of oh, it. Oh, not the shitting Mona Lisa again. If no, I but have how to stare many times can you look bitch. at the same thing? I think there's a snobbery with art. I think people do go, well, well, have I you seen the new, uh, the new one at the Louvre? Oh, well, yeah, I think there should be a snobbery with art. Why? Because the world is full of idiots. And just because the, uh, there's not safety in numbers with art. I think you should be a complete fascist when you're creating a work of art. I don't, I don't think it is open to uh, utilitarian or democratic um, uh, referendum. At you end, end up with the X Factor winner that way. No, I know, but that, that pleases the masses, that's what I'm saying. When th There was a painting knocking about when I was a kid, right, called The Blue Boy. Yeah. Now every house had one, right? It well, turned out that it was just a bloke who had a load and he was flogging them to everyone. <laughs> but the thing is, that sums up art to me. Someone's got a load, you want one? Go on then, I've got a wall to fill. And they stick it on. It's not, now what does that represent? Well. What's that going to bring to the room? It's just filling a, filling a gap. And that's what art is to me. It's filling a gap that would otherwise have now in it. But you're obsessed with the functionality of things. This is all you're ever obsessed with. There's, what's its function? You all, things always need to have a, need to get you from A to Z in some way. And art's not about that. Have you got much art in your house? Yes. Yeah. Because it gives me pleasure, and it, I don't get tired of it, I don't get bored of it. Do you look it. at it every day? Well, it's there, isn't it? It just adds Yeah, but other things are there. Dust it. is there, but 
Surprisingly, I've not compared. <laughs> I think art I've, I've to dust as often as I perhaps should. <laughs> but um, the thing about uh, and this, I think, may be intriguing to you. Uh, Damien Hirst, of course, is more of a conceptual artist like Tracy Emin, and a lot of what contemporary art does is followed on from a guy called Marcel Duchamp, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh. Now he famously, <laughs> he famously took a gentleman's white urinal like you'd find in a pub toilet. And he put it on its side, and he signed it with a fake name, and he put it in an art gallery. Now, he did that in about 1917, perhaps a bit later. It, I, it just annoys me, because there'll be snobby people who haven't got a clue, and they're looking at that, and they go, oh, yeah, I see what he's trying to say. Well, that might make them think. they might. Damien Nurse, I don't, I, I don't feel angry with Damien Nurse, really, because right. he's getting away with it. But why does that annoy you? Because it's people falling into the trap. Damien Nurse, before he dies, I bet he goes, what a laugh that was. I had everyone on. There's a very good point as well because some people think that the greatest art form of uh, the last hundred years is marketing. Yeah. Some people say that that is his art, that it's not good enough to do it. You've got to then get away with it. And if art, if the point of art is to inflame, I don't think anything inflames people more than the discussion about whether something's art or if someone's taking the piss or if someone gets 50 million for something, do they deserve it? Is it worth a hospital? Well, what do you think? What do you think of the shark in the tank? I, I, I think I was blown away by it. I, I thought, thought I'd never seen anything like yeah, it before. It was sort of spectacular because it is so huge and so vast and to have put a shark, you know, in formaldehyde and to have hung it in an art gallery, it's very striking when you see it. Yeah, it's it a is. remarkable achievement. We, but we, what we is went he? Is he an artist or a fishmonger? <laughs> they, what he's done, anyone could have done what he did. Yes, but not everyone did it. He did it. <laughs> this is an interesting point that you raise. It's the same old point you always oh. raise. Not anyone could have done it. That's always the same point you make. Anyone could have done but, it. Carl, but they didn't do it. You can say the same about Michelangelo. Is he an artist or a painter and decorator? Well, it hasn't caught on, has it? Like the crying boy photograph. No one's having them in their house. No one's gone, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen the new trend, a shark in a tank? No one's got the room, no one wants it. And that, to me, shows you what's popular. At the end of the day, if everyone wants one, he's got to be good, hasn't it? But I think if people were given a chance to appreciate more sophisticated things, then, then, then they would. And I just think that that's, I think that's true in all walks of life. You, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste. And the best things are an acquired taste. They really are. Well, you know, if all you eat is processed cheese and white bread, you get a taste for it. But if you try something that's, you know, in my opinion, better than that, then, you know, you'll leave that behind. That's pretty rich coming from you. I know, I love a bit of cheddar, don't I? I'm, I'm mother's pride. Yeah. Whereas if you were to be offered perhaps some calamari, your reaction would be? Squid, get it out of my face. Sure, yeah. But I take your point, Rick, thanks for <laughs> it anyway. Calamari was an artist, by the way. I mean, I haven't got pictures in, in our flat because of that mirrored wall I've got. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, I mean, it's tiny. You've been in it. I've got windows on one wall, door to get in on the other, kitchen on the other, mirrored wall on the other. <laughs> so, there's no nowhere there. There's no, no space for art. I'm intrigued how you sit at home. Uh, what's the, where's, the, where's the sofa? At home? Yeah. Facing the mirror. So you sit looking at yourself all night, yeah, as opposed to a, a painting. Yeah, but at least that changes each day. No, it doesn't. It does. The picture no, no, changes. No, it's not. It's round and miserable every fucking day. No, no. Honestly, it's it's good to because you don't look at yourself otherwise. Especially me, I haven't got any hair to comb or anything. 
So I don't look in the mirror as much as the normal person. So, whereas now, I'm looking there every day. So you're sat at you're home staring at yourself? No, because the telly's in front of the mirror. But are you not so distracted by yourself? Yeah, you do. You? When the adverts are on, you look up. And if Suzanne's sat next to me, I tend to talk to her through the mirror. <laughs> So, why don't you look at her when you talk to her? Well, you don't, you don't have to turn your neck or anything. There's no neck usage going on. I can just look forward, I look at the telly, lift the eyes up, look in the mirror, look at me, look at her. <laughs> what does she do? Look no, back at you in the mirror. It. That's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like there's more people in the room in a way. It's like, <laughs> and they're further away! There's nothing odd about that. Why wouldn't you use... It doesn't matter. Your Sorry, eyes, remember why your eyes wouldn't still... you talk to your girlfriend via a mirror all the time? Is that your question? Well, no, I think it's quite normal. If your head is facing a mirror where you can see everything in that room, remember, it's a small flat, I can see everything that's going on in there without moving my head. Stephen <laughs> Hawking would be well happy. <laughs> so I can look forward, she's sat next to me. If, if I'm watching the telly, I can say something. Now, she's getting the sound from me still because she's sat close. Yeah. But yeah, we're further away, but things look better from a distance anyway. <laughs> So that's how you've managed to you keep are, this relationship alive. You are just, you're such an odd little man. But yeah. no, it's, it's not odd. You see, there was a woman on, on the estate who, who did use... Uh, have I told you about Miss Peggy before? No. It rings a bell. Go on. I think I told you ages ago, it's this fat woman who used to be on the estate. She had a three-wheeler bike. <laughs> and what, her husband. bike? Pedal bike? Yeah, like a tricycle thing, <laughs> yeah. but a big one. Right. She used to sit her husband in the basket in the back. <laughs> cycle about, what have you. Yeah. She was known as Miss Peggy. Anyway. <laughs> oh, is this the one that she used to beat him up so your dad pretended to be a policeman? Yeah, yeah that's it. Oh, that's yeah. One, yeah. You remember? Yeah. No, I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah, she, she used to always duff her husband up and that, and people in the area knew that she was being a bit tight on him. And my dad went round with his mate and sort of- But what's this got to do with the mirror? Anyway, well, the way she used to communicate, she used to always go in quick save and nick biscuits. And if anyone <laughs> went up to her to say, stop nicking the biscuits, she'd pull out like a little mirror out of a bag. And she'd look in it, but talk to you via the mirror. <laughs> oh God! Oh man! What? 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 This so she's she insane. It's weird, isn't it? It's it was like, really weird. Like it was a scare me. It's like it's like a Salvador Dali painting. <laughs> you you exist in there. Yeah. It's really really. So weird. hang on. So she used to talk to people through the mirror because she was mental. I can sit, watch the telly. And look at me watching the telly in the mirror all night. No. That's weird. No, that would Why? be really weird. It's really weird, Carl. Oh. I'd be very conscious of myself. No, yeah, I think it gives, you, it gives you confidence in that. And if you are. It gives you confidence? Of, well, yeah, because you're seeing yourself more and you pick up what habits you do and stuff like that. So, what have you changed through your viewing uh, of yourself? I, I, I sort of grew, grew a beard the other week, just something different to look at for a bit. And then you get sick of that, it's like a piece of art. Change that, have a bit of a shave. Can you see the back of the telly in the mirror? A little bit, yeah. If the flat's a mess, it's a mess twice. <laughs> the earliest art, which we know, um, which we call cave paintings, um, they date back between 30 and 10,000 years BC. Even those people tried to brighten up their cave with a bit of art. So in many ways, they were more advanced than you. Yeah, but they didn't have a big mirror. I mean, if you're living in a cave, let's face it, you're not gonna go mad if your kids start drawing, doodling on the on the cave wall, are you? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Right. Uh, brighten it up. 
uh, but they always did the same thing. It was always a yak, wasn't it? Well, what? they, they a yak. yeah, but they drew what they saw. They, I mean, yeah, I love the fact that thirty thousand years ago they're being criticised for being a bit literal. No, but surely, if all you ever see when you step out the cave is a yak, do something different on the wall for when you get in. <laughs> what? Why is it always a yak on every wall? Is it always a yak? It's always a yak. Whenever you see these Tom Robinson time team programmes, who's it's Tom Robinson? He's the guy did Motorway, isn't he? Yeah, and a, a, a seventies singer songwriter. Tony Robinson, you mean? Tony Robinson. Whenever you see him digging, digging around, you say, "Hold up, everyone! Get the brush! What's this? What's this?" It's always a yak. <laughs> yeah, they pretend they're interested. So they you're saying that you you wouldn't have, you'd have been so, no, I'm not going to draw a yak. I just saw a yak outside. This is what I'm saying to you about trends. One person has it. The next caveman goes, "Oh, I'll have one of them on my wall. I'll do a yak." Why was there no one just doing something a bit different? Well, like, it's not what? true. They did. It's not true. This thing about his yak. It's just in your own head. I've, I've, the programs I've seen. It's, I've, I've been to Pompeii, where they had uh, doodling on the walls, and that was all like knobs, tits, and ass yeah. all over the shop. Now do that now. People go, "That's a disgrace." Rub that out. Clean that. Get it down. Whereas now, if you see one in Pompeii, they go, "Oh, look at that! That's, look at the detail on that." Well, and yeah. That's what I'm saying. This snobbery in art—it's the same knob. The knob has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I imagine in fifty thousand years' time, if they dig up, you know, a cubicle and there's tits and ass, people yeah. take pictures of they it won't again. Be. This is this is the interesting thing with the way we live now. We're cleaning stuff up constantly now. There's no uh, almost no record. Of of our time, because we're getting rid of everything. We clean everything up. Everything's clean. Getting rid of rubbish. Recycling everything. Well, that's a very good point. Is graffiti um, a, a valid art form? Some of it is. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about the uh, the, the classic spunking dick, which is still. I mean, it's still great, isn't it? Well, I mean, if if I... you see a lovely clean white wall and you see a spunking dick on it, you're going to laugh. Always laugh. Do you add hair to the to testicles when drawing uh, the spunking dick? A few. The testicles. Because I'm all, the... I, it's always clean. My my testicles are always clean. Really? Yeah. I, I never. Put, uh, I put you know the four or five bristles sticking out straight. See, I always thought that was a kind of commoner version. It of looks it. like mine. Looks like um, I don't mean my real one. I, I mean my um, uh, Your illustrative. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks tight like. Two gooseberries and Thunderbird Two. Do you add much detail um, at the tip of the penis? No, it's a straightforward. It's di dissecting across just a, a line across the, the, uh, 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 to, to show the helmet. Yep. Then one little line for the the the, 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 the eye. And do you tend to keep the same number of droplets coming out? I droplets. I do three, but I don't do the line. I actually do the little tear drop. Little tear droplets, droplets spunk, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and that is the that is the spunking dick. Mm. As, uh, mm. as when I, I was it. at school, it was referred to, and this may be specific to Bristol. It was referred to as the sacred. I've Why? just drawn a sacred. Oh really? Uh, I don't know if, where, where the origin of that was. Some graffiti is funny. I, um, my uh, I <laughs> I saw one uh, in London. It just said, "Rachel is a big assed big chinned cunt." Now. I think Rachel's going to see that and know well, that, well I'm I'm the only big arsed big chinned cunt round here. I don't know how big her chin was. Sure. I think of her chin maybe looking like the arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. big arse like that bit. Maybe she couldn't see the last part of it because the chin was in the way. Rachel is a bit and that's now, all she could see. Now where was this graffiti written? It was in uh, um near Centre Point. So do you think someone was so angry well, with I Rachel? Well I think well maybe Rachel nicked this woman's fella. Right. And she went out 
Yeah, and scrawled that. Yeah. In a lot of different places. I saw one that was something, I don't know, it was back in Bristol, it was something like, Michael Peters is gay. And I always wondered if that was Michael Peters himself, who was having trouble coming out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. And was just writing that in a number of different places. So that by the time he finally mentioned people, they went, oh yeah, I knew that. Anyway, I saw it in the toilet. Sculptures. What do you think of sculptures? I mean, because that's something that really is getting into the the 3D world. There is no longer do you have to represent something as 3D. You can make something. You know, is it? You know, the statues are, are amazing, aren't they? They're clever, aren't they? I mean, um, they always look the same. Well, that's not true, is it? Because recently there was a, a quite a controversial one, a huge one in London. Uh, the pregnant uh, thalidomide woman. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Thoughts? I wouldn't have it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wouldn't be room, because it would just be you, Suzanne, and a pregnant thalidomide watching telly. I, d I, d I don't know what he was trying to say. It's, uh... Maybe she was saying, okay, we've had the human form. This is an example of the human form. Yeah, but do you think she started off trying to do normal, and it was like, oh, I've chipped a bit off. <laughs> She, one of the arms got chipped Well, it, off. it makes you wonder, doesn't it? And why, you see that, that square, Trafalgar Square, <laughs> you, you've got that, Nelson's column, he's got one arm and a leg missing or something and a patch over his eye, then you've got the thalidomide, why can't they just do a full person? <laughs> Woo! That that was what they saw. That was what the artist saw. It's a, it's about confronting us with certain preconceptions of what that, what we expect of the human form, what we expect of sculpture. It's probably a little ironic comment as well on the famous Rodin. It's wrapped up with all kinds of ideas of maternity, of the human form, of what sculpture is. Why wouldn't you put that in a big public place? What about the subject? Did you think who's that subject? Who is that woman? No, not really, because the Lidomides are around, and we, we've we've all seen one. It's not like a shocking, a shocking image. It's one of life's little things that it chucks out. There's some out there, so amazing. it's not it's amazing. not shocking, is it? I don't understand what you mean. I think what I thought is it just goes to show we are sort of running out of of ideas. What do you think of people who are so angry at art? They uh, they try and censor it or they try and destroy it. Uh, Do you think art should ever be censored? It's where you put it. If it's in a gallery, then it doesn't have to be censored. If it's in Trafalgar Square, where everyone's wandering around having a nice time, you don't want a 12-foot cock. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about where you put it. I think some art looks better because of where it is. Angel in the North, that's a bit of art, but it's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? You're driving along a miserable motorway. Yeah. Oh, what's that over there? It gives you something for your eyes to look at again. Motorways mm. are, are the most boring place to drive. Mm. But you go, oh, look, there's a, there's a bit of art over there. Yeah, but, Stick that but then again, should door. you be looking at art when, you, you, when you're going at 70 miles an hour along a motorway? Well, yeah, because it's really big. You can keep your eye on it and-, and Look in know, the mirror. You can, you, it's not a problem. Wait till you go past it and look in the mirror like normal. But so you like the Angel of the North? Because it's, it's, it's something in the middle of nothing. Right, but if you put it somewhere else- Stick it in Trafalgar Square, you'd go, oh, more clutter. <laughs> now you've spoken 
uh, Carl about you know art and what impact does it have blah 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 and as Ricky's just pointed out of course in some instances art has been considered incredibly controversial very provocative and has been banned famously one thinks of the Nazis banning and burning certain books not all of which were just books you know criticising them it was often artistic works things which they felt were subversive in some sense and you get that in many repressive regimes where people's artistic work is not allowed to express the way they feel about something Stalinist Russia for instance art there, literature, are not able to express its views because people see it as dangerous, as provocative. Well, yeah, the threat always comes from scholars uh, with, like, any dictatorship, you know, and they know that. But not just not just scholars uh, writing, you know, scholarly texts, criticisms, but also people expressing themselves through poetry, through creativity. Well, yeah, Things which are not direct. Yeah. They can be abstract, and yet they can still be subversive. Yeah, but I think if it's done in a way that isn't just like a lunatic, uh, they get away with it. Like a nice poem, some people would see it, read it in a different light. I might read it and go, I don't even know what they're going on about there. So, as long as it's done clever, get away with it, don't they? So well, it no, makes the artist the better. But that's not often not the case, that's when? what I'm saying. Often, when? in these regimes, these things are repressed. No, but there's always like code words and that that you can use and they can't have you on it. Such as? I don't know. I'm, I'm not into that sort of work. Right, well, so you, you've just made a statement there, but it's not backed up with any actual information. No, well, well there was a good point way. there. No, there was a very good point there. Um, uh, the McCarthy era, where um, he uh, he was threatened by communism uh, infiltrating the country, and, and he thought that uh, entertainers might be a part of that, the conspiracy. It was a hotbed, and uh, he made everyone come forward, writers, actors, say they're not they're not a communist, and uh, some people were out in the cold, and so people had to be a bit cleverer, like, um, uh, was it Arthur Miller, the Arthur crucible? Miller. Um, it's, a, it's a metaphor. It's about witch hunts, but it's about the McCarthyism. So, yes, good point. You, you can put coded messages CB into radio art. was the same thing. Go on. Well, it was all the codes. Mm. Do, yeah, okay, well, I thought you had a, I, I mean, I was trying to make your point sort of more valid than it obviously was. No, but was. If, you, if you need to refer to CB radio, that's the obvious... Well, that's, that's what I can relate to. Sure. Yeah, and, we've and done this. There's no point in CB radio. They go, they go. Uh, how many candles are you burning? What? How old are you? Eight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no point to those codes at all. You know. So this is in no way. This is in no way relatable to the Crucible. Why would you be talking about one of the most respected plays of the 20th century, and suddenly this in your head reminds you of CB radio? Just having having this code going on that only certain people know everyone, how to break. Everyone knew it. <laughs> no, it's pointless. It, not not back then. It didn't. <clears throat> pointless. Um, I remember we uh, we were shown uh, the cartoon version of Animal Farm when we were about like fifteen, sixteen. We were discussing it afterwards about oh, uh, proletariat. Oh yeah, great. Oh yeah, communism versus oh the poor proletariat and all this. And this bloke went, "You lot make me sick." It was just a nice film about some animals. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. What, what's your take on that, Carl? <laughs> No, go on, go on, go on, what's your point? Because you can see the irony there, can't you? I haven't, I haven't seen it. No. Uh, if you, you want to do a serious point, don't use animals. No? Well, I, I disagree with there because um, we're going to get onto literature later and I think um, my favourite is probably Charles Dickens and I think the greatest story ever told is A Christmas Carol and there's only one way that could ever be improved and that is a Muppet Christmas That's Carol. That's absolutely right, yeah. So, uh, and I think that you could, and I think people could take a lesson from that and maybe do other films with the Muppets. A Muppet Schindler's List. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could make it so moving, couldn't you? Schindler's List in space! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it would certainly help bring that story to a wider audience. I think so. 
Yeah. More people who, are, like Carl, who were put off perhaps by the depressing black and, white black and white of it, they would suddenly see the Muppets singing and dancing. Miss Piggy's Choice. Mickey's, Miss Piggy's Choice, yeah, yeah. Well, have we talked about that? What? About things like that in in art as well. Do you think that, that some, bringing something so serious uh, to the masses, like, that, like like films do, things like the Holocaust and uh, like Sophie's Choice, where she has to choose which child um, lives and dies. Why does she have to pick? Well, because the Nazis were horrible, nasty, evil people. And which one did she pick? I, I don't. I don't think that's the point. I don't think that's the point. This I love not, the idea that this is not a betting game. No, but I imagine this is, this is like deal, no deal. It's kind of you're down to the last, <laughs> down to the last two. <laughs> which one you're going to go for? Oh God! <laughs> but why did you ask which one did she choose? Because <laughs> even if he'd said the names Robert and Alison, what difference would it make? You don't know the story. Why is no, it because that you've then said I'd ask more. I'd ask more then. If if he said Alison, I'd go. What, what was it with Alison? That what did she have over Robert? That's what films are meant to do. You question it. Whenever I watch a film with Suzanne, I always say at the end, "What was going on there?" Oh, that's because Jesus you're an idiot. Christ! That's because you've <laughs> just watched Muppet Christmas Carol and you can't understand why a frog's able to talk. <laughs> I'm all for films with a, with a good storyline. Yeah, brilliant. That's a perfect <laughs> point. <laughs> One extraordinary point. This is gonna be- he's gonna follow this up, mate. He's gonna follow this up. He's got something up. here, he's got Come something on. here. Carl, well, go on then, what's your no, take on films? Films- films are really good. You can- you can get lost in them. Right. And, uh You like one with a good story? I like- I mean, whenever anyone asks, it's always the same. It's Elephant Man. Mm. It's Kez. Mm. Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> Mission, <laughs> Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> These are your, these are the, what you consider the great works no, of film art. I'm just saying these are ones that I've enjoyed, enjoyed recently. There's so many films that I haven't seen, yet you always say, oh, have you seen so-and-so? You well, Mission it. Impossible 1. <laughs> <laughs> and there's good news for you, three's out. <laughs> That's true. One of the most striking art exhibitions that I ever attended, Carl, was an exhibition of outsider art, I'm something I'm sure you're very familiar with. Outsider art, of course, is work that is made by people who are often institutionalised for mental health problems, um, or they are just incredibly, you know, uh, the people who aren't in any way part of the artist. Well, they right up to psychopathic murderers, uh, clinically insane mass murderers would count as outsider art. Um, I, I went to an outsider art exhibition in New York, um, it was incredible, and I bought a, a, a painting of this guy, he's a, a, a chronic schizophrenic, and he paints in tar, like road tar, mm. that he gets from roads, and he paints in that on wood he finds in sort of skips, and it's incredible, because it's sort of like scratched in, and uh, it, it's amazing, and there's this thing of Jesus being helped down off the cross, and you have to study it, but it's there, and it's it's quite incredible that it's just scratched in this wood by tar. And there's loads of things that I was walking around. Um, admittedly, I was walking around there, going, "This is fucking mental." And James was going, "You've got to stop saying that," because of course some of the people are mental. <laughs> um, there was one bloke doing the sculpture of a skull, right? <laughs> and underneath. <laughs> It was like a little head with his teeth. Underneath, he'd put a sign that said "real teeth." <laughs> 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 Where did he get the real teeth from? <laughs> what I think is interesting about that is how much therapy. It
provides for these often mentally unstable people, which is another important value of art, of course, people's self-expression, people being able to give a little piece of themselves through their work. Do you not see any value in that? How do you express yourself? Whistle. <laughs> you whistle. Uh, yeah, I found over Christmas I whistled a lot more than I, I usually do. And I think that was just freedom. What do you mean freedom? Right. freedom. Expand on this point, if you would. Well, that's, that's what art is, isn't it? It's you being free of all the world's heaviness on your shoulders. See, that's a great quote, that. That's mm. great, that. For art is freedom. I yeah. love that, because I think, I think you've really hit on something there. Would you would you include the free of all the world's heaviness? Well, I know what you meant. I know what you meant there. Would you include that one in it? I mean, I would include the world's heaviness in my freedom. You know, some artists are attracted to the dark side, the heaviness of the world. But I just want to. I just want to return to you whistling uh, as your artistic expression of freedom. I mean, uh, why did you find yourself whistling more? That's what was weird. So just take us through a typical day. When would the whistling begin? So so, sorry. This was that you spent you spent (coughs) Christmas down in Kent with Suzanne and her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could I suggest something? Your freedom was thinking, I'm in my own place now, I'm gonna annoy them. Well it was mainly, it's, it's when we were playing Scrabble. Mm. And they were taking ages to have their go, and um, couldn't have the radio on because the boiler affects the radio. <laughs> it works, it just gives something off. Every time it kicks in, the radio goes all staticky. Right. Um, so I just was sort of supplying the soundtrack. <laughs> I think you've really hit on something there. Would you would you include the free of all the world's heaviness? Uh, well, I know what you well, meant. I know what you meant there. Would you I include mean, that one in it? I mean, I would include the world's heaviness in my freedom. You know, some artists are attracted to the dark side, the heaviness of the world. But I just want to I just want to return to you whistling uh, as your yeah. artistic expression of freedom. I mean, how, wh- why did you find yourself whistling more? That's what was weird. So Not just take us off. through a typical See, day. I, when would the whistling begin? So sorry, uh, uh, this was that you spent you spent <coughs> Christmas down in Kent with Suzanne and her parents. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could I suggest something? Your freedom was thinking, I'm in my own place now, I'm gonna annoy them. Well it was mainly, it's, it's when we were playing Scrabble. Mm. And they were taking ages to have their go, and um, couldn't have the radio on because the boiler affects the radio. <laughs> Um, you got boiler problems down in Kent as well. Work, it works, it just gives something off. Every time it kicks in, the radio goes all staticky. Right. Um, so I just was sort of supplying the soundtrack. <laughs> And what kind of things would you be whistling? It was like, I, I just sort of did a whistle medley. Mm. It was going mm. from one thing to another. A wedley? And a, a man was impressed, she was like, oh you can whistle can't you? I was going, yeah. And then she was saying, how loud can you go? I was just doing all different levels. Sorry, this sounds like a scene from One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. The boiler's setting off the radio, I can whistle, oh you're good whistling aren't you? Oh yeah, it's out. Talk about outsider art. I love the fact that Carl's life is like living in a home. It when is. you're in your 80s. Yeah. But you felt that this was your way of expressing yourself. I just found it odd, because I'm not, I don't whistle that much. Um, I think just because I'm, I think I'm fed up most of the time when I'm in London. Mm. And you mm. never get, you don't whistle when you're fed up, do you? Whistling's a happy thing. Mm. You never get a, an angry man suddenly breaking into a, a Well, whistle. the people who aren't whistling are usually pissed off. But yeah, the bloke who's whistling, it's like, uh, yeah, it's the least, he, he's the least annoyed person in the room when someone's whistling. Same as holding a drill. The only person that noise doesn't annoy is the bloke who's drilling. Everyone else wants to bunch his face in. Same with whistling. 
Whistling, the there's, there, there, there's no point in whistling. No, th there is. No, there's not. The only, the only good, the, the, uh, the only point to whistling is in a bloke's changing room, everyone's whistling, going, I'm not looking at your cock. If I'm whistling, I can't be looking at your cock. Anything else, there's no other, there's no, calling a dog, maybe. Calling a dog. It changes the atmosphere. Yeah, it annoys everyone else. Dunno. I mean, our, our window cleaner was known as like, you know, that's how he knew he was there. He always whistled. And in the end, he fell off his ladder, broke his front teeth. Oh. Retired. <laughs> <laughs> what, because he couldn't whistle? That was it. It was like. Well, yeah, he whistled whistle. all the time. Can't whistle, well, yeah. can't clean windows. It's a bit tragic. Could he take along a whistle? Just pop that in his mouth? Yeah, I suppose he could have done. He didn't think of that. What about a flute? Or a recorder? Not London's burning again. Fucking clean the windows and then fuck off. <laughs> he didn't really think of this through, did he? He retired at the age of 28. <laughs> <laughs> and his whole family with, were bankrupt. With no teeth. Yeah. And just a why bucket and a squeegee. Why aren't you working, Dad? Because I can't whistle. I can't whistle anymore. And if the day you give up whistling is the day I give up window cleaning. <laughs> so you never whistle? No. I can't really whistle very well. <laughs> no. I, well, I, I don't whistle, but I can whistle better than that. What, you did this for hours on end while playing Scrabble? About two hours. Fucking two hours? Put me word down. And then. Sorry, can we just hear that again? Just hear it, can we hear it? So you were, whistling, is... you were whistling after you had your go as oh, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, Carl. But hang on, let's just hear a bit. That is Carl's self-expression. That is his artistic self-expression right there. A name. No tune, no nothing. There's mental patients who have smeared <laughs> canvases with shit who have expressed more than you have in that. Yeah, but it's not about other people. I'm not there to please other people. Right. You're there to annoy them. What was the best word you came up with in Scrabble? Don't knock me out Scrabble, because I do alright. What's weird is, mm. when I play Scrabble, my brain can come oh, up with words that I don't normally say. Sake. Okay, this isn't- no, I'm intrigued here. Your brain can come up with words you wouldn't normally say. Just words that are, I'd never drop into a sentence. Tree. Cat. Go on. Squirm. <laughs> That's using a Q. It's worth ten, Matt. It's not bad, is it? Now, I'd never say that. <laughs> I've never heard you- I don't think I've ever heard you say squirm, no. <laughs> I don't think you're right, Carl. I've never heard you say squirm. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is weird. And yet your brain popped that one out? And then, yeah, when it wasn't I go, just- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God! Christ, Anyway, so that's sort of doing art for yourself as opposed for other people. I don't think you can count what you just did then as art. Hobby, maybe, craft, pastime. I don't think mm. you can count that as art. I'm not being funny. I'm being a bit snobby here. But I think there's a difference between Beethoven and... <laughs> squirm. <laughs> there's a cue in that. No, no. Classical music. I wish I was more educated on classical music. That which I've heard, I've adored. Mm. I genuinely find it challenging because it is so spectacular. It is so, it is so of another place. Where do you sit with classical music? It's good. It's good for background. I think. Right. Um, see, I, I, you know me. I like a song with a story, and there's nothing going on in them. That's uh, now the problem with that is how many times can you hear the same story? Quite a lot. How many times can you watch the same film? Same thing, except it's shorter than watching a film. Yeah, but the film goes into the story with more depth than a three-minute song. 
Yeah, but there's also, do you know like when you watch, um, what's an example? Say, uh, I can't think of a film. Yeah, there's not many. Uh, no, but a moment in a film that it doesn't well, matter how many times you watch it, you go, I, I enjoyed that Godfather swings to well, mind. Well, say, no, over Christmas, on the buses was on the, the movie. <laughs> oh, for f- Jesus. When, you when, went with the Godfather, you went with what? on the buses. I mean, <laughs> oh, God. Brando, Varney, I don't know which is better. It was the bit where, like, the toilet blows up after chucking a fag in. That's had paint in it. Right. I've Sorry, that's that. in, that's in all the buses. That's <laughs> not in the Godfather. I can't remember that. Maybe that's Godfather 2. <laughs> the thing is, I enjoyed that bit and I knew it was coming. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll just watch this before I nip out and put the kettle on. Mm. Let's just see this. How bit. many times have you seen the on the buses film? About four or five times. Jesus. Sure, why not? But all I'm saying is, music is there to sing over. <laughs> no, it's not! Music is there to sing over. That's a ridiculous thing to say. Music does something to me. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know why a chord can say something to you. I don't know, mate. Gives you that feeling. Uh, I, I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe of musicians. Yeah. My favourite piece of music uh, is a thing by Vaughan Williams. Um, it's five variants of dives and Lazarus, right? And there's a bit there where they, it hits this chord, and I, 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 I can't listen to it when I'm away from home because I, I, I well up. It reminds me of everything. England, just uh, it does something to me, and it does it on on a level that I can't sort of quite understand. It's just uh, immaculate. It's I it just again. don't think you can beat so. beat a decent vocal on top of that. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! My mum's got a CD of uh, Roger Whittaker, right? Right, whistling again. No, <laughs> he, he, wh- he whistles "Jealous Guy." Now the thing is, I can't listen to that and, and whistle along. I end up singing "Jealous Guy" on top of it. So, singing Trump's whistling. Uh, yeah, when someone else is doing the whistling. Okay. I like whistling, but if someone else has did that first, yeah. so if Roger singing, was singing "Jealous Guy," you'd be I'd whistling. I'd whistling it. To to make the classics live on, I'm surprised someone hasn't gone. I can I can add to this and dub on a bit of vocal. So you would have classical music with lyrics, just for people. Beethoven's who Fifth. That. Beethoven's Fifth. You, that would be better to you. That would. <laughs> but what are you meant to do with it? How, what do you do when you've got that on? Then do you whistle along? Or no, do I you don't whistle hum, along. Hum? I just I, I let it. Oh, do you Carl, whistle along? I just don't know what to well, say. Why are you obliged to whistle? That's the only way you can enjoy music if you can whistle along. Well, that's the same with anything. A good song, you join in, don't you? It's like, oh, I like this one. Yeah. No. So by that token, YMCA is one of the greatest of all tunes. I mean, it's not one of my favourites, but you can't knock it. It certainly gets the crowd up. When I mean, I did DJing. And Why do you care about the crowd? Popular. Who are this crowd? Well, I'm just saying. Who are this crowd that you have to live in your head with? Fuck the crowd. Most of them are idiots. Although, admittedly, if I was doing a wedding DJing set, I probably <laughs> would do YMCA over Vaughan Williams. And why is that? Because it's it's happier go lucky. It's ch- done in three minutes. Classical music goes on for ages. Mm. No, it's a good out, point. Who's got fades time? Fades out. It comes back in again. Well, it's mm. a good point. It's all over the shop. Are yeah. you going or are you staying? It's over time, and yeah. I'm not saying we should get rid of it. And I, I might grow into it because I think that's music for older people. Well, I, you're I, I think Mozart was disagree. As he, I think he did his first symphony when he was five or six, probably playing piano and writing music before you could read. When did the piano come out when he was a kid? What do you mean? If it was trendy to have a piano when he was a kid, it's like how kids now, they're messing about on Google at the age of two, <coughs> because the laptop is new. It's mm. new to us. To them, it's like, oh, well, it's Google, isn't it? What's your point? Because he was born at the right time. Beethoven. 
Yeah, he was no, born. Mozart. So you're saying Mozart. that all three-year-olds around the time of Mozart were brilliant? There would have been a, quite a lot of them. Mozart, Beethoven, all that. They're all uh, Andal. They're all around the same time, aren't they? <laughs> Just guessing. Wild stabs in the dark. Just names he's heard. Just names he's heard. So when were Ricky they, was young, when they, I presume no, Rolf Harris' stylophone day. came out, everyone was composing on the stylophone. Yeah, really. exactly. It's all it's all what you brought up with, isn't it? Nothing's hard if if you're given it when you're a kid. Nothing's difficult. Mm. It can be taught all sorts. I haven't got room for a piano. It's too big for a pastime. A hobby shouldn't take up a whole corner of a room. It's so know. limited, isn't it? His scope, his imagination. Yeah. But a piano, the idea that a piano in a house would be a frustration and annoyance. Music. That you could play Harmony. But I'd worry about annoying other people with it as No, well. you don't. You whistle when you're playing Scrabble. <laughs> you don't worry about annoying people at all. I'm sure people would rather have gentle piano music in the background than... Squirm. Squirm. So, one of the earliest and most celebrated art forms that's, you know, along with painting and music still going today, is the play. And, of course, the most famous and celebrated exponent of that is our very own William Shakespeare. Some say maybe the greatest literary genius in history. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a fan. Right. And I'll tell you why I'm not a fan. One reason and one reason only. Sure. Nothing to do with the structure, his themes, uh, uh, fantastic. The pun. Right. Oh, I can't stand the pun. Yeah, but I mean, although Shakespeare did include a few puns in his work, I don't think you could... No, I suppose it's the people that have taken on down. the pun. It just reminds me of a bloke in a beard and a, and a, and a pipe at a party doing puns. You know, and it seems like Shakespeare things like, um, oh, take their maiden heads. And you have to look at your Brody's notes to go, okay, cut off their heads uh, and take their virginity. Oh, brilliant. You know, you can't, it's like, you can't explain a joke in retrospect. You don't laugh if you then explain to you. I'm going to have to take issue with the idea that Shakespeare was not a truly great master of our language. I think he was. If uh, you I, listen, if he you added to the language. He invented uh, words, or at least he stole words and, and, and changed them a bit. He took them from, you know, other languages, which is uh, to totally valid. And um, he made up loads of sayings that are still around today, and there's a poetry in that, inventing new... Um, actually, Carl, you like sayings, don't you? Um, I've got a list here sure. of some of the, 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 the sayings and phrases that, that Shakespeare made up, really. Um, in a pickle was his. Yeah. Well, well, um, and we know what in a pickle means. Yeah, we, means. Know, we know what it means. I, 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 it's a saying I, I'd never use. Because when you're in a pickle, it's not something that you would say. No, if you're being sort of, if you're captured and you're being tortured for information, yeah. you wouldn't, and you, and you get access to a phone, you wouldn't call go, MI5, I'm in a pickle. Mm. You'd be screaming, going, he's taking my teeth out. Much as I love Shakespeare, is when that play was first staged and someone said during the play, ooh, I'm in a pickle. Did the audience understand, or were they baffled? Or was it like watching Ken Dodd when he goes, Yumbunctious! <laughs> exactly. Oh, terrifilarious! Yeah. So Shakespeare is about as good as Ken Dodd. That's what we appear to have established. While you've been talking about that, I just was looking on the computer at, uh, the Pun of the Day website, because I feel like I take much of what you say about puns and agree with it. Uh, here's a couple that you might, you might like. There was a sign on the lawn at a drug rehab centre that said, keep off the grass. Okay, okay, now if the pun is the lowest form of wit, and let's face it, sarcasm isn't, sarcasm is up there compared to the pun, then the drug pun, I think, is one of the lowest of the low. 
Oh, people who congratulate themselves on getting drug references. Keep off the grass, will <laughs> Grass, get it? Grass. You know, you're smoking the grass. Yeah. Show me a piano falling down a mine shaft and I'll show a you minor. a flat minor. Oh, God. Okay, good. Okay. Do you get that? Well, these, these yeah. are, I mean, that sums up puns, isn't it? It's things that kids get in a cracker. I think pun should be short for punch him in the mouth. <laughs> Idioms are better. Go on then, what's an idiom? Uh, Is that a new word you made up? No, I, I think Carl Pilkerton's a complete idiom. <laughs> yeah. I, I found out what it was because I thought, oh, I like them, what are they? Right. And it's like little sayings. Yeah, that's right. That sums stuff up. Go on, give us an example of your favourite. Oh, can I just say one, uh, 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 talking about sayings, Carl was getting fed up with summer, he was, uh, uh, he was fed up with not getting replies from something. He's, you know, he's having a hard time, you know. And, uh, I went, oh, the worm has turned. He went, what? I went, the worm has turned. You know, you've... Stupid saying, isn't it? No, t well, okay, tell him why you think that's a stupid saying. Because how do you know when a worm's turned? <laughs> <laughs> of right. all the creatures that you could flip over and know it's turned, why pick a worm? It's a bad. It's a. It's, it's the worst thing they could have picked to express something turning. But you're turning literally. It means changing, doesn't it? Changing your attitude. A new broom. Turning over a new leaf. Yeah, but, but things are going to be different now, and I'm Pick sick of it. Chameleon. No, but chameleon is a brilliant thing to use for something to change. Oh. Chuck that in the sentence. There's 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 nothing that you can link a worm to human life to. You're talking about something that's. It, it's blind, isn't it? It's blind. <laughs> it's deaf. Guy. He's got no features. <laughs> Why is he having such a go at a worm? Just because it's it's a weird thing to use. Something that its arse is more it does more than its head. <laughs> <laughs> that could be said of you, Carl, to be fair. We've talked about, about what art is, we've talked about painting, sculpture, we've talked about music briefly. We've talked about whistling over music to make it better. Um, poetry, uh, a completely different type of art form there. Carl, what's your thoughts on poetry? I've never really been a, a fan of it. There's a surprise. I think it's, it's sort of, uh, it's alright for the person who's doing it. You know, you say that whistling is just for the whistler. But I think poetry is more like that because you, sometimes you read it and you're thinking, what's he going on about? It's always a bit, I don't know, it's sold in a bad light, it's a bit sort of, Gay, in it, right? Okay. I mean, it depends what sort you're talking about. Because maybe there's poetry out there that I haven't heard. There's some poetry gayer than others. Yeah. War poetry can't be gay, can it? That was people. I haven't heard. Go on. People fighting in the trenches and that can't be gay. They weren't gay. They were. They were writing to their sweetheart. I, well, I don't know his name. He might might have been a bloke. I don't know. But so is was it was it a sort of a what sort of poem was it? Was it a, sort of a limerick sort of a like no? It a was it was uh, well. There's, there's there's famous ones, Wilfred Owen and Siegfried Sassoon, and they're very moving. They're about uh, you know the, 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 what usually happens is that they talk about why are we here? This is you know we've been we've been sold a, a lie here, you know, and they really started seeing war in a different light from 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 their point of view in the trenches famously some of them died so soon after the you know but i prefer they'd written a the poem. proper a proper letter no sort of crypticness that's the problem with right. poems okay you so you'd, you'd have been disappointed to get dolce decorum s through the post would you you'd have just said what are you trying to say mate is what's the weather like when you're coming home did you get my socks well yeah sometimes life is a bit like that and it? it's like say what you mean right 
Well, that's well. Then that you have just wiped all art off the face of the earth. If you literally just say what you mean. No, I'm just saying in a letter. Say if I say if I was a woman and me fella was fighting in a war. Right. What's your fella's name? The, Harry. Okay. So Harry. Oh, right. So when were you married? Uh, about nineteen uh, nineteen thirty-five. 1935. So, uh, you've been married about four years. Yeah. Harry, why don't you, why don't you go off? Oh, you're a woman, aren't you? Yeah. You don't look like, okay. So, what, what, what did you see in Harry? What, what, what did you, why did you like Harry? Was he? He just was, like, funny. Uh, butch. He wasn't that butch, but that no. didn't matter back then, did it, in the war? No. And you, and you. everyone. But what did you say when Harry was say, what said to you? Well, I, I, I thought it was coming, because a lot of, uh, a lot of our friends right. ended up having Did to you just hug there. him and say, don't go, or something? No point, because that would have just made it tough for him. So, I just. <laughs> What's the point? Just go with it. But if he I had cried after he went, you cried after he went. That's what you do, isn't it? You wouldn't do it in front of him. He's got. To, he's got to go to battle. Okay, so your man goes off to battle. Right. Then I get a, a letter from the colonel right. saying, "Oh, bit of bad news. Harry's dead." Now I get a letter in the post. <laughs> he said. He said what he meant, didn't he? In the well, yeah, and they would do, wouldn't they? They wouldn't yeah. funny around saying, "Oh, he was he was on the warpath and the cloud, the cloud went dark." I go, well, "What? Just tell me what happened. I don't want a weather forecast." He got shot at the arse and the bullet came out his head. Right now, the colonel he, he would just tell me the basics now <laughs> because he sent his by um, telegram, telegram, telegram. They sent a telegram. Mm. The letter I get from Harry has been stamped, so I get it late. Oh, right? okay. So I get a letter. From uh, from Harry, after he's died, yeah. right, and you know he's dead. I know he's dead, so I get right. this letter with his handwriting on. I'm yeah. devastated because I was just getting over his death. Yeah, it's all brought back to me when this letter drops through the post. Well, yeah, three right. days and you're pretty much over it. It's Harry's yeah. handwriting. Yeah. Oh God, what's this? What's now, I written? open it. Yeah. And instead of saying things are bad here, socks are damp, uh, you know everything's grim. It's cold. I'm sick of it. There's a poem. It wouldn't feel like it was from Harry. Well, what, did it's not in his words. Poems are never in the in the person's words. But did you know how he was a poet when you married him and made love to him no, that I night? No, I picked it up because all the people were doing it. Something to do in the trenches. But when he carried you over the threshold, Carl, and he, he laid you down and gently kissed you, didn't he? Didn't he say any? Didn't he ever? Cheat? He must have whispered some sweet nothings into no, your hysterical like red that. head. He no, like that. straight no. to the point. He was like, "Get your knickers off." <laughs> I've ever heard! I've ever fucking. What the fuck was the telegram coming before the letter? So specific! It wasn't like Harry, the fuck's Harry! <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Oh god! There are a few things gayer than poetry, though. I want to oh. uh, throw one into the pot. The Continental Breakfast. Oh. The Continental Breakfast. Yep. That annoys me when I see it. Who orders that? If you've got the choice of eggs, beans, burger, Sausage. chips, uh, sausages, Bacon. all that, you've paid for it already. If I was a waiter and somebody said, uh, what do you want for breakfast, mate? And the bloke went, oh, I just have a little bit of grapefruit juice and a croissant. I go, do you? Do you want some cum on that? Or yeah. you can go back to the hotel room and suck a cock. Yeah. So, no, I'm, uh, I'm with you there. What else is, um, what else is gayer than poetry? I remember when I was at school once, right? Uh, the worst thing you could be growing up was gay yeah. in school. It was the wor it was the worst thing. It was the you know, and um, 
I remember I was about 14, 15, I was talking to this bloke, I talk about him on my stand-up, um, David Beasley, he's the one that said if you get captured by cannibals, they show you pornographic pictures when you're in the pot, so you get an erection and there's more meat yeah. to go around, so he was a, he was an idiot. He made Carl look smart. Wow. Really? Wow. Um, and, uh, he said, you know that thing that uh, kids always do, what would you rather be, blind or deaf? Yeah. We did that, and we discussed that for a while, and he went, what would you rather be, blind or queer? Mm. And I went, well, I'd rather be gay, because... Yeah. And he, he went, oh, would you? I went, well, yeah, well, ra rather than be blind. I said, yeah, well, I said, also, if you were gay, you'd like being gay. He went, I wouldn't. <laughs> I went, <laughs> no, you would. I said, if you were gay, you would like being gay. He went, I wouldn't, Gervais. Sounds like you would. I went, well, if I was gay, I would like being gay. He went, well, I wouldn't. And he looked at me accusingly, and I went, no, nor would I, but gays would. Which made no sense at all. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, the yeah, idea. Yeah. But this is just like such, such a stonewall uh, 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 that, that I'd rather be anything than gay. Yeah. Carl, thoughts? Blind or gay? This is about art, is it? <laughs> So there you have it, our comprehensive and definitive guide to the arts. Next in this series is philosophy. Well, I'm looking forward to that one enormously, Rick, because of course you have a honours degree from the University of London in philosophy. Yes, but I predict that that one will also be as big a load of bollocks as all the others we've done. Thank you. Just to remind you that you can still get the Ricky Gervais Guide to Medicine, the Ricky Gervais Guide to Natural History, and now of course the Ricky Gervais Guide to the Arts.